long time. Just so grateful that you decided to come to chapel on this cold and wintry morning. Uh, hopefully over the last couple of weeks, if you've been with us, you received uh, this document. This is our annual report. And I can't stress this enough, how it shows how faithful God has been in so many ways, especially to the chapel. We have these available at our Welcome Center. I just uh, ask you to grab one and just walk through all that God has done from the stories to just the different statistics that we can share with you. One of the funnest things in here that I love to look at is this page. And it just says some of the highlights of the year, even some of the new things that we've gotten to do. For instance, uh, there's my friend Intellect up there, David Bunce. Uh, he came out with an album of his own original hip-hop music just for our series on the book of Ephesians, which is available. Underneath that is a beautiful, beautiful girl. That's my wife Paula. Her and some other ladies started uh, Renewed, which is this incredible gathering of women. And other highlights, we got to drop off gifts to widows at their home on Valentine's Day. Or I love up in the corner, Bible and Ball, this new um, ministry that I get to lead with one of my good friends and an elder at the church where first through fifth graders get to come and throw dodgeballs and have a great time with sports, but also learn more about Jesus. Uh, celebrate recovery, celebrated 10 years at the chapel this year. So, so many highlights. I know 2020 and 2021 hasn't been a easy year or years, I should say, for anybody. But if you want to just see how faithful God has been to the chapel, at least, the church we get to go to, uh, check this out. And like we try to explain every time around this year, if God lays it on your heart to give uh, a gift to the chapel in the year to help us make budget, we'd really appreciate that. Uh, if you're around the chapel much, you know we don't talk about giving much. We don't even pass the offering plate. We always put our uh, giving in the giving boxes. But if you feel inclined to help us meet budget, there's a way to do that in this document as well. So thank you for doing that. Like I said earlier, we are only a few days away from Christmas. Specifically, it's a big deal around here, our Christmas Eve services. And to make that possible, we need you. And so if God lays on your heart to attend one and serve one, uh, that would be great. So you can attend a service and then just serve a service. The services are only about 50 minutes or so. Um, but we need some help. We have these little forms at our Welcome Center, and we need some help in parking lot teams and with our kids. We have a lot of guests coming, and they're going to be dropping their kids off and would love as our chapel family to serve them. Uh, so make sure you do that. And then the week after, or sorry, the couple days after, not the week, the couple days after is the 26th. Uh, we will not be meeting here that day. Our staff and our volunteers give up so much time around Christmas Eve that we want them to have a Sunday off. But we will be having services. They're just going to be online. You can access through our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, on our website. And I was instructed to tell you that the message is going to be the very best message that you've ever heard in your life. Because Pastor Charles is giving it. And he told me to tell you that. So... Between that and some incredible worship, to be able just to gather the family on your TVs or around your phone or computer and worship together just in the comfort of your home, um, that'd be great. And we'll be back the weekend after that, January 2nd. So make sure you join us there. We have our final installment today of a little TV show that we've produced called The Masked Caroler. If you've ever seen The Masked Singer before... Uh, they dress up and then they sing and you have to guess their voice as well. We also dressed up, but we also had to make our voices uh, so you couldn't recognize it. And so we've had so far, let me see, the polar bear. We have the duet of dinosaurs. And this week on The Masked Caroler, we welcome the Christmas tree. Welcome to 
This week on The Mass Caroler, I'm your host, Bo Jingles, and we have a battle of the ages. Four pastors going head-to-head, battling with their voices. The only surprise is we don't know who's who, but Chapel family and friends, you get to decide who's who on this week of The Mass Caroler. I'll tell you this much, Christmas tree is no fake. He exudes authenticity like sap from a spruce. Many people admire the way he shines a light on difficult topics and adds color to every sermon. So get ready for a performance that will make you say, oh, Tannenbaum. Ladies and gentlemen, singing joy to the world, the Christmas tree. say that was tremendous let's hear from our judges thank you christmas tree uh there were some high points and there were some low points so i can tell that you're really branching out doing something like this and that's respectable but just to bring us back to the bible the apostle paul calls the church to serve using their gifts and i just don't know if singing is your gift your dancing, however, was inspired. I don't know. I, I think maybe this is your shot. You know, it doesn't take all the pitches to make you a great singer. It's the, the Christmas spirit. And you could tell with your dancing, you had all the dedication and the commitment out there. So nice job, Christmas tree. I'm, I'm very intrigued to see who's under that costume. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling the same way. Um, vocally, a little weak. Uh, some of the runs and scoops were a little an interesting choice, big scoops. <laughs> but there's this like childlike wonder about you when you're dancing that that's just yes. beautiful, magnificent. So thank you. Well, you've heard from our judges. Now it's your turn to decide who you think the masked caroler is. And you can find out our season finale at our Christmas Eve services at the chapel. So we'll uh, post this on social media later if you want to share it with your family and friends or not. It's up to you. But we will have uh, all of our Christmas Eve services, which are this Thursday, 5 and 6.30. And then the next day, Christmas Eve, 2, 3.30 and 5. I did hear rumor this past week and was confirmed that there is going to be a mass caroler in costume here. And there will be an unveiling. So make sure that you are here for that this week. It should be fun. So today I get to finish up our message series that we've been calling Unwrapping Christmas. And the reason we've called it Unwrapping Christmas is because every year on the 25th, we're going to celebrate Christmas. But why do we do certain things around Christmas? And what if some of the things that we do aren't just traditions handed down to us, but they're actually rooted in Jesus coming to earth? And so we are asking those questions, why? It's why we've looked at some topics like why gifts? Why family? Why singing? Today, we want to ask a question, why generosity? 
Now, I don't know about you, but it's this year for me where I see more people than ever wanting to be generous. Why is that? I mean, the other day we were getting out at Walmart, and right when we got out, we heard the dinging happening. And my son, Micah, who usually likes when mommy and daddy give him money, said, hey, mom, dad, give me some change. I want to put it in there. He knew in his heart he wanted to give. Or it's this time of the year when not only do we buy presents for family and friends, we also want to bless people who may not have a lot. And we want to secretly drop off gifts at their door or give them money so they can have a good Christmas as well. That we've had so many people, blows my mind, who've reached out to the chapel pastors or chapel family and just said, hey, we have some extra this year. Will you go and give it to this person or give it anonymously? Please don't tell them that we're giving it. I'm like, that's incredible. But why? Why is it this year, more than any other time, we want to be generous? I think it's rooted in what Jesus has come to do for us. In fact, when Jesus is launching his earthly ministry, he says this, quoting from the book of Isaiah. Luke 4, 18 through 21, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be free. The time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. And all the eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently, like, what is this guy talking about? Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've heard has been fulfilled this very day. So oftentimes, if someone were to teach the scriptures, they unroll the scripture and then they teach it, and then they talk about how you can apply it to their lives, that no one ever shares the scripture, doesn't say anything, sits down and says, oh, by the way, what you just read about, I'm the one that's going to fulfill these things. See, Israel, they've been waiting for a Messiah, waiting for someone to rescue them. They've been looking for someone to come in and free them from oppression, and Jesus says, I am he. But deeper in this scripture, we see that there is a generous God, a generous God that wants to give us Jesus so he can change our lives. See, we see two things in the scripture. The first is physically. Look how what Jesus has done, how he's fulfilled the scripture. I mean, when you look at the gospels, you don't have to read far to see Jesus healing someone who's blind or deaf or raising the dead. He is miraculously putting his hand on people and freeing them from their physical oppression. And then I see the church doing the same thing. After Jesus leaves, he gives us the Holy Spirit and he says, hey, go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so Christians for so long have opened hospitals and started different organizations and started soup kitchens so that people's physical needs would be met. But this isn't just a scripture that tells us about the physical needs that Jesus met or that we've been able to do in his name. No, it's also spiritual. That Jesus has come, us to, come to free us from the spiritual prison that we ourselves are in. We can't do anything to get to God. No matter how hard we try or how good we are, at the end of the day, we're still flawed. We're still broken. We can't see correctly. And God sent Jesus down, born as a baby, lived a perfect life, went to the cross, died on the cross, was resurrected three days later so that you and I can be free forever. So that we can have life and life to the full in this earth, but then life beyond the grave in the end. This is the generosity of Jesus, both physically and spiritually. 
It's as if God's saying, Merry Christmas from me to you. And to know the gift of Christ, that's the generosity of God. Now, because God is generous and he's created us in his image, you and I get to be generous as well. And there's three ways we can do that. The first is with our time. Sometimes for me, it's easier to give money than give up my time. Time is a hot commodity right now. Many of us don't have it, and yet so many around us need our time. That we give up five minutes in our schedule to text or call somebody, or we spend an hour or two, though we don't have it, spending time with a friend who's grieving around the holidays, or they're hurting, or they just need someone to listen to them. You don't understand how much that changes someone who is struggling. When we give up our time to show the generosity of God, that can change someone's Christmas, change someone's life by simply just being there. Or there's talents that all of us have. All of us have gifts from God. Different things that you have that all of us don't have. That's why we're the body of Christ. We fit together. We need one another. There are things that you can do for me that I cannot do for myself. That you have that gift to give to the body of Christ. And there are things that I can do that you can't do. That you need me. The same thing is true. That God has things that you have. That he's given us gifts and abilities that we can't just keep for ourselves. We must be generous with them so we can reflect a generous God. And then of course, our treasure. Our bank accounts or whatever things that we have. Some of us have a little treasure. Some of us have a lot of treasure. God says it's not about the amount. It's about the heart. And when we're able to give, especially to people who are in need, it's a reflection of the generous God. And so today, like I explained before, I want to answer the question, why? Why should we be generous? Many of us aren't convinced of that. I know for me, I'm the cheapskate in my family. Like, my wife always wants to give things away. I'm like, well, what about me? (laughs) What about us? And I need to be convinced of why I need to be generous. Not to do it because I have to or because God's telling me to. But what's behind it? Why be generous? How can I reflect a generous God? So I want to show you four ways to do that today. Here's the first way. Being generous brings me in alignment with God's character. Do you know the verb... In the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, that's repeated more than any verb in the Bible that's connected to God. It's the verb give. God is given. God gave. God will give. It's the most repeated verb in the Bible. It tells us what God's character really is. It's a generous kind of character. And that when you and I are generous, we're literally aligning ourselves with God himself. And because you and I are created in his his image, which simply means that there are characteristics of us that are like God, we shouldn't be surprised that when we're generous, we feel really good about it. And it's because you were made to be generous. Even if you don't believe in God or believe in Bible and believe in Jesus, that's fine. But when you give and you feel good about that, maybe it's a reflection upon the creator that created you. Like I told you before, I don't always love to give. I can be selfish with my time. I can be selfish with my gifts. I can be selfish with my treasure. But let me tell you, when I finally get over myself and I do give, I feel so great about it. And so do you. It's a part of who we are. And when we don't give, 
we shouldn't be surprised that we're not growing in our faith. You see, so many people will ask me, hey, I want to grow as a Christ follower. I want to take next steps. That's why you're here today. You want to take a next step in your faith, and you're wondering how. And so I can tell you to pray. I can tell you to read scripture. I can tell you to be in community. I can tell you to go to church. All of those things are really good. But there comes a time where we're doing all those things, and we still feel stagnant. Like we're not growing. Why is that? Well, the Apostle Paul, I think, is pretty clear about that. In writing to the Corinthian church, he puts it this way in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7. He says, look, you excel in many ways. You're doing these things so well. You're growing because of these things. In your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us. All of these things you're doing so well. But you want to know another catalyst for growth? Paul says, I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving. I promise you, if you give of your time and you give of your treasure and you give of your talents, even when you don't want to, you will grow. Growing is connected to generosity. You will grow in ways you didn't even know were possible because you are doing exactly what you were created to do. And God comes closer to you and I when we reflect him. And one of the ways to do that is through generosity. So generosity, it's a way to align ourselves with who God is, his character. The second way, and it should say number two, number three is it is tangible evidence of the existence of God. All of us in this room want our family and friends and people that don't believe to know God. And we may have shared our stories with them. We may have shared the gospel with them. We may have invited them to church. We may have had them read the Bible and all those things and they're not coming or they're not growing or they don't know Jesus yet. Maybe, just maybe, one of the ways that we can get through to someone who doesn't know God or is on the fence, maybe a skeptic, is through our generosity. And the way I know that is true is not because I made it up, but because it's what Jesus said to do. I mean, Jesus puts it this way in Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. And then he connects it to a result. When you let your time and your treasure and your talent come through you, when you give, when you're generous, what happens? It says everyone will praise your heavenly Father. All of us, when we give, have a chance to show this unbelieving world, this dark world, that there is a generous God that wants a relationship with them. The way we say, hey, God loves you and he gave you Jesus is by when we give as well. It's ex- it shows that God exists and wants a relationship with them. This happened a few months ago. We were getting ready for bed and my wife, she was in the restroom and she came out and I could tell something was wrong and she had her phone in her hand. I said, well, what's going on? And she said, and she said the name, their house is on fire. And we know them really well. One of the boys, they have two boys and the boys is a, is a buddy of my son Hudson and I'm like no way we gotta get over there and he said no we can't fire trucks are ambulance they're they're blocking everything but it's not going out and we're praying for them and finally found out that when you look at the house structurally it looks okay but inside everything burned up everything they ran outside with only what they were wearing and everything else was either damaged by the fire or by smoke or by water they didn't have anything so the next day my wife and I, we went into action. We started to call different people that we knew, and people were reaching out to us, and I got in touch with one of our staff at the chapel, and 
she was good friends with them, and we started to come up with these, this plan, started to get them clothes for the kids and for them because they didn't have any clothes. We were able, through the generosity of the chapel, to provide them with gift cards to grocery stores so they can have groceries. We were able to take them shopping and get different things, and so many of the community rallied around them, but many of them were from the chapel. And what I really was happy about and more excited about anything about this situation was this family didn't go to the chapel. You know, it's one thing to help each other. We would do anything for anybody, but to rally together around a family that doesn't even go to our church. In fact, they went to a different church for a long time. To show generosity showed them that even though they're going through a hard time, maybe there is a God that cares. Maybe there is a Father in heaven whom I can praise because these people not only say they love God, not only say they go to the chapel, but they showed it with their generosity. And wouldn't you know it, a couple months later, I looked in the crowd and there they were. How incredible. I don't care they went to the chapel, but they're reconnected to a church. They weren't connected for a long time and their kids are going to our chapel kids ministry and our chapel middle school ministry. How incredible is that? Our generosity has a chance not only to change someone's physical needs, but their spiritual state as well. Simply by giving, it shows the existence of God. There's a person that comes to the chapel, and I know he's generous, and he will not let me tell the name, though I really would like to. In addition to his full-time job, he has a side business, and he and his wife decided they're going to give half the money away every year that he makes to the side business to bless other people. And this past year, he was able to give $3,000 away, oftentimes anonymously. And I asked him just to give me a couple quick stories. He said, I was able to fix someone's air conditioning that was broken. I was able to help some high school students and young adults who needed some help. I was able to help a business who was going under to get back on their feet. I don't know where these people are with God, but I know where he is. And I know so many of those people probably reconsidered God if they didn't believe in him because he was generous. It's a way to show the existence of God. You don't have to preach it. When you just simply live it, and when you're generous, your time, your treasure, your talent, you never know what will happen. Generosity is a way to show others that God is real. It's evidence of that. How about this? Being generous is a strategic way for me to be happier deep down. Everybody in this room longs to be happy. Not just based on circumstances, because we know that comes and goes. But a true, deep down happiness that no matter what happens in our life, no matter what circumstances come our way, we're going to be okay. We're going to have joy, contentment, happiness. That's connected to generosity. This Romans proverb is really, really eye-opening. Riches are like salt water. The more you drink, the more you thirst. Riches are like salt water. The more you take in, the more you realize how thirsty you really are. That is tied to money. The Bible is so clear. Money is a good thing. It is a gift from God. Wealth can be a gift from God. There is nothing wrong with being a multi-billionaire. But what is wrong and what the Bible warns against that I don't know if we truly believe or not is that the more we need, the more we want, the more emptier we really become. I know so many people who are barely making it, paycheck by paycheck, 
And they're some of the happiest people that I know. I was telling my kids the other day, we've shown this video before. There's a video of kids receiving our Christmas shoe boxes with balls and Dollar Tree um, like dolls in them and things that our kids would get in their stocking and throw to get to the big presents. And you have thought you just gave them the world. They're happy because they don't need money. I know some people who need it. We need more. We need more. We need more. And they're some of the most miserable, angry, empty people that I've ever met. You wouldn't know that by the car they drive or the house they live in or the statuses they put on social media, but I know what's going on in their lives. Money's not the problem. It's the need for money that becomes the problem. That's why Jesus, when he's telling us about generosity, he says it this way. Here's the message version of it. You're far happier giving than getting. When money is not a priority in your life, you believe this. When money is a priority and you need it, you think this is hogwash. But I'm just telling you, I love receiving gifts. I really do. Let's be honest. All of us do. I mean, if you want to get me a Christmas gift, I will never say no to that. I'll even give you my address to drop it off. I love gifts. But I'm just telling you right now, I love giving them more than receiving. It does something inside of me. Yes, I love to get. But the more that I get, the more that I think I need. But the more that I give, I recognize that I don't need anything. In his book, Kerry Newhoff, he said, in the book, he didn't see it coming. He says this about the progression of needing money. He calls it the more, better, different approach. If you base all your life on money and you need it, you go from the progression of I need more. Well, I'm still thirsty, not satisfied, so now I need better. But then more and better, that doesn't satisfy, so I just need different altogether. There's nothing wrong with needing something more different Better, the problem is when it doesn't fulfill you, what happens? It's no wonder Jesus says, if you want to be blessed and happy and content in life, give. You will be so satisfied in your giving rather than always needing to receive and always needing more and better and different. It's built into us, it's how we're made. So, generosity. It leads to true happiness. You don't have to be a Christian or not to do this. Try it out. See what happens. But fourth slash fifth, being generous, it allows me to be a part of something bigger than myself. All of us want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And isn't it interesting as Jesus is talking about generosity, about giving, what he says is so mind-blowing. Here's what he says in Matthew 25, 35 through 36 and 40. Again, a familiar passage, but it needs to be told today to see what happens when we truly give. He says, For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked, you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Verse 40, and the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. When we give and help someone with food, Jesus is saying, thank you, you did this for me. When we give clothes to someone in need, Jesus is saying, thank you, you did this for me. When you visited me, 
in, or visit someone in prison or you visit someone in their home, which often feels like a prison because of their grief or loneliness. You did this for Jesus every time we do something in the name of the Father. Jesus is saying, thank you for blessing me. For when you do it for someone else, you're really doing it for God. How incredible is that? Talking about being part of something bigger than ourselves. I started going to the chapel when I was 17 years old. I was exploring faith, had no relationship with God, never celebrated Jesus at Christmas. I started going to the chapel. I thought the music was good. I thought the preaching was good. But what really hooked me was I saw that this church was different. You see, my grandparents started going to a church, and when they couldn't give, the pastor called him and asked why. And because my grandparents were so burned by that church, they stopped going, which my my dad didn't want to go, which went when my dad had his son, we didn't go. Then I started going to the chapel. And I was old enough to understand, of course, you, know, you have to give to keep the lights and things like that. And I was waiting for something to pass by because that's what I heard happen in churches. You put your money in. I saw it in movies, saw it in shows. You put your money in. It never happened. I said, why? Do it in the back. Why do you do that? Because we don't want anyone to feel guilty. They can't give. It's not about the amount. It's about the heart. And I thought, that's a church I can go to. I don't want to go to a church. It's all about money. I don't want to go to a church that makes people feel guilty. I want to be a part of a church that understands generosity because that's what we're called to do. But we do it because that's what Jesus says to do. And we do it in a way that glorifies him. And we do it in a way that honors him. Not so we can build a better show. We can point to Christ. I believe that's what the chapel does. In so many different ways. And I am church has left the building because that's how incredible you are in generosity. For instance, here's some pictures of the church has left the building a couple weeks ago. We said we are not meeting in the building. And we're going to go out and just serve. We serve the community all the time. But this time, we want it to just be one weekend to just change people's lives. And so many of you did this. There's pictures of it. These are people packing all the Christmas boxes that we were giving away. These are some ladies who were bringing gifts to police officers and firefighters in our town. These families over here were cleaning up and helping this dilapidated house look good again. And these really, 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 really good-looking people down here, that'd be my family. I took the picture, so I'm not even in the picture, by the way. But all of these ladies from my wife's small group and all the kids went there and we sang Christmas carols to a forgotten people in nursing homes. And we went around with signs and we were just cheering them on from their room saying, you can do this. We believe in you. We're praying for you. A forgotten people by so many. But the chapel, they remembered it that day. Jesus said, when you do this, you're doing it for me. I love that we do this Christmas catalog every year where we look at needs in our community and in our world and just how can we strategically give. And this year we said, okay, we want to bless children, children in our community, children in our world. How can we purchase things and support them so they know that God exists? So that when we give to a child, Jesus says, you're doing this for me. And we've been doing it this past year. We've been able to buy over $17,000 worth of items and support in this catalog because of your generosity. It changes everything. And I'm not just saying that amount to brag. We're not putting that out somewhere. I'm selling it to you because you're a part of it. You're part of something bigger. We're joining Jesus to say, how can we love people the very best? And there's so many ways we can do that. But he says, when you're generous, it shows how much you love me. 
time, treasure, talents, all reflected in how we give. I love being part of a church that's bigger than itself. See, J.D. Greer, he puts it this way. The local church is the paint that makes the invisible Christ visible to our community and world. Through what we do in here, but more what we do out there, it shows people that will never walk into a church, never pick up the Bible, never pray. Those who have been hurt by a church, by various reasons, who don't have the understanding of that God is real for whatever reason, when we are generous and we act the way that God asks us to, to act, we are the beautiful canvas of a true God. So my question as you leave today is, who needs my time, my listening ear, my presence? None of us have the time. I get it, especially during this time. There are hurting people that need you. And if we can make time, which I think we probably could if we put our phones down, if we gave up a couple things that we would give up, like watching a game or whatever that is, if we truly could find time, we could, and be a blessing to people who are hurting and in need of just our listening ear. You may not have any money to give. That's not what, that's not what it's about. You have an ear. Hopefully two of them. You have a gift to listen and to be God's presence in someone's life. Give it away just like you need it from other people from time to time as well. This Christmas season beyond, who needs my skills, my experience, my assistance? What are you good at that other people can benefit from? And then go do it. Some of you are so gifted in sewing, gifted in fixing cars, gifted in so many things that I wish I could do. You can serve people. And in doing that, you're showing God, you're showing others that God exists. And then whatever financial means you have to give away, show someone that God exists. So when someone sees what you're doing, they cannot look at you, but they can look at your heavenly father. Jesus said you're going to be so much happier in life. You're going to be so blessed if you give instead of getting. Let's do that this year. Let's pray. Lord, we don't have an excuse not to give something. You have given us Jesus. We don't deserve it, yet you came to free us. And not only do we benefit from that, others need to benefit from that as well. And the way you've set that up is through the local church. Help us be the skin of God to those who have never been able to see you before. Help people know that you are real and tangible, that you want a relationship with them here and for eternity and show that through our generosity. For you tell us we're so much happier when we give. Thank you, Jesus, for that promise in your name. Amen. Have a great day.
Good.